0: you're just starting out take some time to learn yourself before you start there's some personality assessments out there DISC and Myers-Briggs are two that are out there i really recommend you go out and you know, figure out what type of personality you are
1: best ever listeners you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues are you ready to get more leads well how about we do all this for free yeah sure free well it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett you recognize his name episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. With us today, Scott Lewis. How you doing, Scott?
0: I'm doing great, Joe, and best ever listeners.
1: Well, nice to have you on the show, and I'm glad you're doing great. A little bit about Scott. He is the co-founder of Spartan Investment Group. In 24 months, his company has completed four projects, totaling $2.5 million with an average ROI of 36%. Currently, he has three more projects underway and has raised over $3 million in private equity for those projects. He has led several successful real estate developments, ranging from single-family flips to raw land development based in Denver, Colorado. With that being said, Scott, you want to give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
0: Sure. Thanks, Joe. So the Best Ever listeners, my background really started chemistry and marketing major coming out of Michigan State University and went into the corporate world for a little while, had a regional sales job with a biotech firm and kind of got sick of that. So I did the crazy thing and sold everything I owned and joined the army and went off to war, which actually was a really good experience, got me some really good leadership training and whatnot. And when my active duty time ended, I came out, went into government service, which gave me some additional really solid training, less on leadership, but more on the strategic planning, which I'll talk about, which ultimately led me to kind of build the strategy for my company. Currently, Spartan Investment Group, we're real estate syndicators and developers we go out and we find deals and then we put together the money for them and then we also were also develop the deals as well
1: real estate syndicators and developers when you say develop are you talking about ground up development
0: absolutely so we specialize in taking raw land and then developing it and as I'll get into a little bit later we look in two different areas either larger single family developments with multiple units or self-storage. But yeah, we like to focus on raw land.
1: Larger single-family developments or self-storage. The four projects totaling $2.5 that I mentioned earlier, what were they?
0: They were all single-family flips. So we started like a lot of folks do in renovating single-family homes. I will say that ours is a little bit nontraditional. Is our the smallest renovation budget we've ever worked with is one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars on an eight hundred and fifty square foot house in Washington D.C. One of those houses of those four projects was a raw land development, and that's kind of what wet our appetite for that. It's a little bit more difficult, so there's a little less competition in that asset class.
1: It is a little bit more difficult. That's for sure. The raw land development and. It's interesting, and we talked in Denver, and Scott was a speaker at the Best Ever Conference, and I really enjoyed getting to know Scott, and I took a lot of notes whenever he was talking, and we had some drinks afterwards, and one of the things that I've noticed with all the interviews I've done is when I ask a developer, okay, you've been developing for a certain amount of time, is it really worth the risk versus reward? And sometimes they'll say, you know what? (laughs) I just like doing it. I don't know if it's worth the risk versus reward because there's so many uncertainties and so many gray hairs that I got through the development process. What are your thoughts on that?
0: No, Joe, and best of our listeners, that's definitely true. There's a lot more risk in the development side of the house. But with risk comes reward. And maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment (laughs) like some of the other developers. But I really enjoy doing it because that's where the real money is made. So once somebody has already figured out the best and highest use for a property and then entitled it so that it's ready for the construction phase, they can suck a lot of the juice out of the deal because they've done the real work. They've done the real risky work. So being able to go in and do that work and then take it all the way through to fruition to whatever the project is, whether it's a single family home, 10 townhouses, houses, a four-phase condo development, whatever it is, that's where the real excitement is and then also the real payoffs.
1: So let's talk about a specific project, any one of those four that total $2.5 on the four over the last 24 months. Can you give us some numbers and just tell us about a project?
0: One of them was the development deal, and it was not quite raw land. A hole had been dug in the ground, so not quite raw. But our contractor that we've partnered with over the last six years had a stuck project that he had kind of started and stopped. And we got in there, and we helped him work through a stop work order through the city. Which anybody that's got the fluorescent tag on their door once in a while knows that that's a bad place to be. So we helped him work through that. We did a kind of a partner deal. He owned the land already, so he brought the land. We brought the money. Split 40, 60 sixty. Forty percent going to him, sixty percent going to us. At all told, I want to say we were in. At about four hundred and fifty thousand for development and construction and sales and everything, and the out was about seven hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. We made about three hundred grand with four hundred and fifty thousand in it. Split forty percent going to the contractor because he did all the work at cost, and then sixty percent going to us for bringing all the money and helping them work through the city and the utilities and all of the other kind of tangential things that go with development that aren't there during construction.
1: What would be a couple things, knowing what you know now, if you were presented with those same scenarios on a future deal that you would do differently?
0: Joe, that's a great question. And Best Ever Listener, that scenario was presented to us in July of this year and then again in December. So Joe, at the the Best Ever Conference, I referenced the deal that I had two different raises on at two different time points in which we kind of combined them because we took two pieces of land that were just raw, and one had a house on it that we're going to demolish and get rid of. But the two pieces of land independently could get a total of seven townhomes. But combining them and leveraging a special zoning exemption where we're building, we're able to actually get 11 homes. So one of the things that we've done right up front is we've started engaging the utility companies because that was one of the things that we waited on for our first development project. And it caused a 60-day delay because those guys are just so backed up. And anyone that's worked with utility companies in the past knows they are not the most motivated and efficient folks. (laughs) A lot of them are incredibly burdened. They're understaffed, coupled with just kind of how it is out there. That can really stop a project. So in any of the development projects now, after we make sure we're good with zoning and the tax guide and everybody else from the government, the next thing we do is get everything we need to do with utility companies going right away so that we can adhere to their traditional timelines and not be worried about delaying the project.
1: What type of time frame do you have to allocate for the utility companies?
0: We just got a notice back from the gas company that their timeframe is 8 to 12 weeks. <laughs> so we're doing... <laughs> So we're doing another project that's a condo conversion and we're basically taking a single family home and we've dug out underneath the house and it's a row home. So there's a row of probably five or six homes. Our property is the second in from the end. So we're actually digging underneath the two other houses kind of on the walls and underpinning and going out the back. But we're also have to dig out the front a little bit to have an egress to the seller condo. And with that, there's a gas line there. So we have to do what's called gas line abandonment. And the gas company has to come out and shut the line off and then take it out so that we can dig out. And that's 8 to 12 weeks, which is fine. This isn't a surprise to us. We knew it was coming. So it's built into our timeline.
1: How much does that cost?
0: The gas line, they just have to come and turn it off. And then our contractor does all the digging. So it's just part of our construction cost. It's not a ton to us. Okay. But sometimes the utilities can be upwards of 30000 bucks. If you have to have bring new service in, we don't have the final bill yet, but we have to increase the size of the water line from the street because of the new sprinkler system requirements. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the final cost there. So usually budget around thirty to thirty five thousand for our projects per unit for utility costs. So they can be pretty significant.
1: Mm, yes, they can be. Let's talk about the three projects you have underway and have raised $3 million in private equity for those projects. Have those projects closed as far as you've bought them, you've got the equity, and now you're implementing the business plan?
0: Yes. So one of them is actually closed, constructed, and sold. Last Friday, we just closed on the property. That one went pretty well. It took a little bit longer. We missed our timeline by about two months. So we gave our investors a 2% equity bump just for us missing our timelines. So that one went pretty well other than the timeline. Our budget came in, we wanted it, so that was good.
1: What type of project was it?
0: That was a single family flip. That one was actually a favor to our contractor. He owned the house since 2006 and he came to us and asked us to help him put it all together and and get rid of it just because he didn't want it. So We put some of our money in it. We went to some of our really close investors. And just asked them if they wanted to be in it and three of them jumped in. We raised a couple hundred thousand, as two hundred thousand raised, so not very much for that one, but it was projected to be a six month timeline for a ten percent return. We actually gave the investors twelve percent because of eight months. So pretty close to a twenty four percent annualized.
1: What was the all in price what was the exit price? The all
0: in price was about six hundred and thirty thousand uh-huh. and the out price was 785000 That one normally doesn't meet our 30% ROI criteria, but because of a favor to our contractor in the short timeline, we decided to do it.
1: Cool. $155,000 profit in eight months. Let's talk about project number two.
0: Project number two is the condo conversion. We've been working on that. Our plans went in in June of 2016, and we actually split those plans into foundation plans and building plans that we could go ahead and get started with all the underpinning and foundation work that we needed to do while the set of building plans was running its course through the normal application process. And that one, that's kind of our gold standard. We got a, a pretty sweet deal on that. We worked on it for about 18 months, trying to track down the owner. And just a a random fortuitous meeting at Corner Bakery with an attorney to talk about another project, he referenced having a client with a property on L Street. And we immediately knew who it was. We had talked to the owner a couple of times and she had told us that she had an attorney and we didn't think that was even remotely possible, but it turns out it did. So that one, the financials are pretty good. We're going to be all in at a million and out at $2.6
1: Condo conversion, is it just one condo? No, so we're actually
0: taking a single-family home, and we're digging out underneath it, and we're adding a floor and a half. So when we're done, we'll have four two-bedroom, two-bath condos. Three of them will be a, about 1,000 a square feet, and the third one will be about thirteen to 1,400 square feet.
1: Wow. Okay, I want to make sure I understood that. You have a single-family house, and you're converting that into four condos?
0: Yes, the real sweet deal about that is we acquired the property as a single-family home, yep. but because we're converting it to condos, that allows the financials to change a little bit, and that's where the deal. Is. It's a big thing that's going on in the District of Columbia right now, is the condo conversions because the housing is so limited. And DC, there's a number of reasons the housing is limited in DC, but one of the things folks are doing is they're row houses, so you can't really go out to the sides. And you don't really want to go out to the back too much because you kill the property. And sometimes the lots are really small. So the other way is to go up and down. So some folks have taken it to an extreme and they're called pop-ups and they look pretty bad. So we've really, we probably could have gotten a fifth condo out of it, but it would have looked really bad. So we've actually made the tough choice to go with what's better for the neighborhood and just do the four condos. And then even on the fourth condo, we're only going half a floor so that it still holds the charm from the street.
1: Mm-hmm. And you said your all-in price was a million. Did I hear that correct?
0: The all-in after everything is done is about $1.5 to include acquisition, construction. Uh-huh.
1: And what are you projecting it will sell for once all four condos are sold?
0: Right around two point six.
1: Nice. What do you do, if anything, while you're building it to secure the condo's sales?
0: That's kind of a balancing act. So as soon as we get the drywall up, we'll go through and we'll start soft marketing them. But with condo conversions, there's a lot of documentation that needs to get approved before you can get your certificate of occupancy. So there's only so much that you can do prior to certificate of occupancy. But with this particular one, our agents work consistently in this particular area of Washington, D.C., so probably maybe 45 days out or so, we'll start letting them pocket list it, And then once we get the certificate of occupancy, then we'll really go full board because we can't close before that comes in anyways. So we don't want to market them too early.
1: You mentioned that it was a fortuitous meeting that you knew exactly who your attorney was talking about when he mentioned he had a client. You said before that, You had tried for 18 months to track down the owner. What were you doing and why didn't it work?
0: We were just using the traditional methods that a lot of wholesalers and direct marketers use. We weren't doing anything crazy. We do have an aggregation kind of process that we use to bring a lot of different data sets together to identify sellers. Whenever we do direct marketing campaigns, which we've actually stopped doing, we only do maybe 50 letters at a time, but those 50 letters have been vetted through multiple levels within our organization. So it probably takes us as much time to hit 50 people as some of the wholesalers can hit 2,000 people because we take a very focused approach versus a wide blast of mailers. And every one of our letters is personally written to the person that we're trying to get at. And we've actually got really good response rate that way. This one was no different. We got the person's phone number and we actually talked with her and and she confirmed who she was. We met her later because we actually, one of the things that we do for any of our sellers is we help them try to reduce any fines, fees, taxes. It doesn't help us at all because our contract price is our contract price, but the mission of Spartan Investment Group is to improve lives through real estate. And we've had some pretty good luck working with the district. We saved one of our sellers $50,000 in back taxes and fees and It didn't go to us. It just gave her $50,000 more, and she was a D.C. firefighter, so that really helped change her life. So this particular seller, she was in her late 70s. Her husband had died quite a while ago, and it was probably pretty intimidating to have us call her on the phone. But once we actually got in contact with her lawyer and he vouched for us and verified who we were, I actually went over to her house a couple times and took her down to the District of Columbia so she would be there in person. And we were able to save her about $10,000 in fees and fines. That was 10 grand that went right back into her pocket that she wouldn't have gotten.
1: Mm-hmm. So your process, which does work for other deals, didn't work initially when you were reaching out because you know, it might've been intimidated or for whatever reason. But when you talked to her attorney, that proved to be the door that opened up and you're able to get the deal done. As a result of that, Do you now make a more focused effort on speaking to attorneys about clients they have and just reverse engineer that process? We've
0: actually moved away from going after the probate guys or the estate attorneys. We've got a couple attorneys that will occasionally pitch us deals that we have relationships with, but we made a strategic pivot in October of 2016 to kind of get out of the single family and direct marketing. Just too much competition down there in that red ocean market. So we really haven't even been engaging. We've got relationships with two attorneys that occasionally send us projects that they have as estate attorneys. But other than that, then we really haven't even been engaging sellers.
1: So let's talk about what you are doing and the shift that you're making. What are you shifting toward? I would suspect it's self-storage, right?
0: Yeah, Joe, that's it. We're 100% going after self-storage and we are using some of the same methodologies. Lindsay, who is our director of business intelligence, comes from the intelligence community in DC. So she takes some of the methodologies that she used there to do the same thing for our business, to identify sellers and to identify pieces of property that we want to go after. We found that when you're going after commercial deals, it's not a big deal to contact the sellers because commercial deals are based on numbers. There's no emotion involved. I mean, occasionally there is but the vast majority is based on numbers so that as long as you present a reputable front from your company and that you are reputable in yourself, we found that it's much easier to deal with sellers for commercial deals.
1: Have you gotten a self-storage deal under contract?
0: Yes. Using our research methodology, we identified a piece of land in Washington State went through the whole process and engaged. The seller was using a broker, so he pointed us to the broker, we engaged the broker, and now we're under contract and we're in the due diligence period now. And it's a piece of raw land, so it'll be ground up development.
1: How many storage units would be able to be built? That's a good question, Joe. And it's one of
0: the things that we're trying to look at right now. There's wetlands on the property. So we had our biologist out there last week And he is delineating the wetlands on our survey, and then he's also classifying them. There's there's various classes of wetlands. And depending on the class, they can either be easily moved, or you have to go through Board of Zoning Approvals to get an exemption to move them. Once we figure out what we can do with the wetlands, we can then go ahead and develop our site plan so that we know our unit mix and how many units we're going to put there. What we did initially was we looked at if we couldn't use any of the wetlands and we could only use what turns out to be about 40% of the acreage that we're buying. Is this deal still feasible? Could we still pull this off? And the answer to that question was yes, which is why we wrote the contract. And the contract is contingent upon the biologist report in wetlands.
1: Ah, okay. Well, when I was trying to interrupt you, you read my mind. So I'm glad I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask, how you identify what you make and offer if you don't know how many units can be built. Let's just say you cannot use any of the wetland area. Do you know how many units could be built just for that 40%? We could do
0: approximately 50,000 square feet of cell storage. Again, we haven't done our unit mix yet, we have just used averages at this point, which a lot of folks might say we're treading in dangerous waters, but we have the contract written as such that we can kill the contract if necessary, if we can't get what we need. So that's why we've decided to go this route versus having the complete feasibility study, which usually includes a unit mix, mm. which we've done kind of in heuristics to see whether the numbers would work out. And there's also some self-storage land acquisition heuristics that are out there that kind of point the needle at what your per square foot land cost needs to be based on your monthly cost for a 10 by 10 and a 10 by 15 unit. And we've done that projection. And if that's correct, then there's actually a lot of value in this land already. So we're okay.
1: How much does it cost your company to qualify a deal like this before you can actually say yes or no definitively?
0: That's a good question. So we've done our internal feasibility study. So Lindsay, our director of business intelligence, does our internal feasibility studies. So currently, it hasn't cost us anything other than her time. And feasibility studies cost anywhere from three thousand dollars for a desk audit, where folks don't actually travel to your site, up to seven to eight thousand if folks travel to your site to do the feasibility study.
1: Didn't you say you had a biologist or someone going out to look? Aren't they charging you something?
0: They are. We think we're going to put about. $10,000 on the line before we actually know whether we can do this or not.
1: And the bulk of the $10,000 comes from where?
0: All of our money. We don't use investor money for anything. What
1: what are the expenses that make up the 10K?
0: There's three major ones or four in this case, but normally it's three. So in this case, we need a civil engineer to give us an initial site plan to take to the city. Then we need our biologist to go out there to delineate the wetlands and any either protected or invasive species of plants or animals. We need a geotech report so they can go out there and test the soil and tell us like what type of soil it is so that we can then have the civil engineers calculate the concrete mix. And for this particular area, we actually need a mine hazard report because there's some old mines that are there. So we have to make sure that there is no mines underneath. So all told, that's probably going to be about 25,000 bucks, But- 10,000 of it is probably money that we'll have to spend before we make a decision. The mine and the geotech, we really don't need to do before we make a decision. But the biologist and the civil engineer, we do to see what the site plan is and then ultimately the unit mix. Then we can tighten up our pro forma.
1: Based on your experience as real estate investor, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Best ever listeners, the best advice is broken down into two categories. One is just starting out. And if you're just starting out, take some time to learn yourself before you start. There's some personality assessments out there. Disc and Myers-Briggs are two that are out there. I really recommend you go out and you figure out what type of personality you are. And then once you figure out what type of personality, build your tribe around your weaknesses. Like myself, I'm a Disc D. That means I'm a driver that I just want to get stuff done. I don't really pay attention to details. So I went out and I found a partner who is very in the details, and he's very detail-oriented. So the two of us, plus a couple other members of our team, kind of really round that out. Once you figure out your team, then start with an education period. Just figure out what asset class you want to focus on, and then go. And then for those of us that have been out there and have been in the trenches, constantly challenge your assumptions and operating model. We recommend a devil's advocate, the Israeli Mossad, which is their version of the CIA, they call that the 10th man. And this person is just the person on the team that disagrees with everything that's going on. And what that it does is it ensures that groupthink doesn't cause you to make a bad decision.
1: Does that person rotate on the dissension so that they don't get punched in the face eventually?
0: Absolutely, Joe. So best of our listeners, there's two key components, actually. One is absolutely, Joe, they have to rotate. Somebody else has to come in and be that person. And then second, There is no personal attacks on that person whatsoever.
1: Makes sense. Yes. All right. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right. Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you, adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Finally, your funding problem is 100% solved at CIX.com. At CIX.com, private lenders compete to fund deals. CIX facilitates over half a billion in loans for real estate investors weekly. Get funded and download your free funding kit at CIX.com. Best ever book you've read. It's Your
0: Shit by Michael Abershaw.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: Our condo conversion in D.C. There's a million dollars of profit in that one.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: Mentoring and education.
1: What's the biggest mistake or any mistake you can think of you've made on a deal that you haven't mentioned earlier?
0: We had the opportunity to buy a church that was right behind where my partner and I lived when we were in D.C., and at the time, they needed $2 bucks to make the deal work. And we were pretty novice and had no idea about raising money. And we've been able to raise $2 million in like two hours over the last couple months. So that deal, the guy that bought it is building 36 units there that will probably have a sales price of probably $22 million for that deal. And we could have had it and didn't know how to raise money.
1: What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you?
0: Best ever listeners, if you have any questions about what I said, you can reach me at my email address, which is scott at spartan-investors.com, or our number is 202 827 eight three
1: i enjoyed our conversation in denver and i enjoyed this one just as much because we're talking just about you it was less back and forth and i was learning more about you and i really enjoyed that and i know the best ever listeners got a lot out of it as well specifically some of the takeaways utility companies they are slow we've got to allocate in the timeline for the amount of time that they need in your case eight to twelve weeks and condo conversion holy cow 18 months to track down the owner and eventually it ends with you getting in touch with their lawyer coincidentally and then using that as a conduit into the deal that has over a million dollars in profit that is yet to be realized but looks really good. And then the self-storage evolution that you've taken your company, as you said, the red ocean versus the blue ocean strategy. I think it's a book. I've just heard a podcast on it where there's not a bloodbath and a feeding frenzy and that is in self-storage and ground-up development and the amount of money that you have on the line prior to making a go-no-go decision on that deal. So thanks for being on the show. Learned a lot. Hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Joe, best-ever leaders. Thank you very much. Finally, your funding problem is 100% solved at CIX.com. At CIX.com, private lenders compete to fund deals. CIX facilitates over half a billion in loans for real estate investors weekly. Get funded and download your free funding kit at CIX.com.